1: For some quick background, my uncle inherited a big old house after his father, and by old I mean like 17th or 18th century house. He lives in an area where I can only imagine flats and new houses are extremely expensive. So, instead of buying something new, he and his family adapted part of the house to modern living, installed some form of central heating, renovated it, etc. Most of the house, however, was closed off and never really used. They never needed this much space, it would just cost too much money to take care of that. It just wasn't worth it. My cousin, my uncle's daughter, is just one year younger than me, so although they lived quite far away from us, we used to visit them each holiday just so that we could spend time together. And when we were about 12 or 13 years old, old enough to not cause much trouble, me and my cousin decided that it was about time to explore this house a bit. It was around that time that we became fascinated with horror movies and ghost stories. So, old house with unknown history, surrounded by even more abandoned buildings, was a perfect place to play in. But it was also around that time that we started noticing weird things happening around the house. Like one time we would see her dog standing just behind a faraway gate. Her dog that passed away earlier that year actually, shot by a careless hunter. No neighbour had a dog this big, I can assure you, and we would hear noises in a nearby park while going on a walk in the evening. It could have been animals, I suppose. Does and boars would come around that area often, but we never dared to check. Nearby warehouses for crops, Uncle works as a farmer, were closed in the evenings, but we could often hear loud banging to the door from the inside. We never really checked that either, but one day while trying to make a map of the house, we wandered to the attic and the door would open for us. Door leading to a room that was always closed off with a padlock, because the floor was too unstable to go in there. While we were walking towards it, the door just opened up dramatically, hitting a wall with a loud bang. There was nothing inside, there was no wind that day either that could have opened it like that, But at that, we ran away and told the story to my aunt. She went to the attic with us to check it, but she didn't take it seriously, nor did she believe us. Strangely too, the door when we got back was closed with a padlock on it. We were only gone for maybe a a few minutes at most, so how that happened, we still have no idea. Despite all of these strange occurrences though, we were never really scared of the house. Sure, dark hallways spooked us out and we would always rush to the light switch, trying to fight the feeling of being watched, but that was about it. As time passed, we just got used to the fact that the house might attract weird things. In fact, we would sometimes joke around. We even dropped a, a hi every once in a while to a ghost from the attic while passing the staircase. It was just a part of living in that house with history, and we just sort of embraced it, I guess. It's not like we really saw anything scary, right? Well, the first and only thing that actually terrified me until this day happened a few years back. So my uncle and aunt threw this big family party in the house. My cousin and I were about 15 and 16 years old at that time, which was too young to be a part of the adult dinner table conversations, but old enough to take care of the younger kids. There were five of them, all boys, and to entertain them somehow, we came up with this game that we saw in, well, we saw it in The Conjuring. Yes, the horror movie. Like I said, we enjoyed this sort of stuff. In hindsight, it definitely wasn't the best idea, but if you haven't seen the movie, in this game you blindfold one person and the rest of the people hide somewhere around. The blindfolded person can ask other players to clap their hands and is supposed to find them following the sound. My cousin was the first one blindfolded. Kids scattered around, trying to quickly come up with some nice hiding spot, and me, being way too old to hide properly, just walked into one of the ends of the T-shaped hallways and squatted behind the long table. Obviously, it wasn't a very sneaky place to be in, so when we first clapped hands, my cousin appeared from behind the corner and started carefully making her way towards me. The only source of light was behind her, so I couldn't really see any details, just her silhouette standing out from the background. I waited silently as my cousin bent over and walked under the table. There was sort of enough space to walk next to it so I had no idea why she did it but obviously the game was on so I didn't say a word. I watched as she was getting closer and closer to me, basically crawling there, dragging both her dress and long hair at the floor and I just wanted to laugh because I thought it looked really stupid. When she was really close, I even had this thought of reaching out my hand and touching her. That would really scare her, but in the end, I decided that I wouldn't. I don't really remember what happened next, too. I think one of the kids got bored and made some sound in another part of the hallway or something. So my cousin turned around and quickly disappeared behind the corner. Someone else got caught in that round, and then we changed the game. The party was coming to an end anyway, but my family was staying there a few days longer. We lived too far away to just come over for one afternoon, so we helped with the cleaning afterwards. My cousin and I were doing the dishes, and during the conversation she mentioned how the kids liked the games, etc. So obviously, I brought up the situation from the beginning. Without thinking much, I said something like, ''Man, you look so stupid crawling under that table, you know.'' Or, why did you walk under the table like that? And I could see how my cousin's facial expression changed, and she just seemed really confused. What are you talking about? She asked. At this point, I'm convinced that she's just trying to prank me, scare me, or something like that. So I'm not even worried. It is also an option that she just forgot that it actually happened in the first place. At the beginning of the game, I was hiding behind the table in the hallway, and you snuck under to catch me. I decided to remind her, but she was even more confused than before. I never walked under any table, she replied. She sounded really genuine, and I could even hear the little bit of nervousness in her voice, but I still wanted to accuse her of pulling a prank on me. But then I noticed something. My cousin had had her hair tied up the entire day. Her hair was long, yes, but in the hairstyle that she kept, there was just no way, like absolutely no way, that she would drag it on the floor like that. Which means that it wasn't her under that table. And there was no other long-haired girl in the house, in fact. I still have no idea what... I saw back in that day. I'm not schizophrenic, was never diagnosed at least. My depression never gave me any hallucinations or anything, and it wasn't at its peak moment back then anyway. I wasn't on any meds, I didn't drink, I didn't take drugs. It wasn't a shadow that I interpreted wrong. I mean, I was looking at it for way too long and it was just too close for me to think of it as a kind of mistake. I have to believe that it was real. I don't know who it was or what it was perhaps, but all I know is that I am so, so thankful that I didn't try to touch whatever it was. The history of the house is one huge mystery to me. I have no knowledge about who lived in it before or what happened there before my family moved in. I'm trying to investigate the matter, but... Even when I find answers to these questions, I'm afraid that it won't explain the girl-like silhouette that I saw in the hallway that day. I'm in my early 20s and female, and about 9 months after I had moved into my place, someone started pounding at my door a little past 11.30pm. I was already in bed by this point and was awfully concerned about this person at my door. My upstairs neighbor's aquarium had actually broken the night before and it was flooding into my living room. Since I had had that fiasco with my neighbor late at night, I figured that it was probably just her again and almost just opened the door without hesitation but right before I opened it up, I had this horrible feeling just wash over me. So instead, I meekly said, Hello? Through the door. I heard a man reply saying, uh, Hi, I'm a friend of David Jones. And the second that I heard him speak, my blood went cold. I had a terrible feeling about this. David Jones, obviously not his real name, was the name of the previous tenant, and he was a very elderly and disabled guy. He was in a wheelchair and lived with a helper, and he'd passed away before I had moved in. I looked at the people, and he was wearing sunglasses. Again, it was almost midnight, but then I noticed that he had a black face mask, a black hoodie with the hood up, and I said... Sorry, but uh, David doesn't live here anymore. He pounds his fist on my door again and laughs, saying, Oh yeah? Open the door and prove it. Like I said, David was in a wheelchair and needed a ramp for the door, which was removed before I ever even moved in. I also drive a motorcycle and my immediate neighbors don't drive any particular wheelchair accessible vehicles with all of this in mind you would think that someone who feels comfortable enough with David to be knocking down his door in the middle of the night after at least almost a year of no communication would be able to evaluate the situation and see that there are no wheelchair modifications apologize for the mix-up and be on their merry way well unfortunately this wasn't the case. He was still pounding at the door and telling me to open up and I told him that David wasn't here. I'm not opening the door and he needs to leave now. He stood outside my place for a few more minutes. I was scared and stood there frozen by the door. Eventually I saw him walk away and I was still by my door when I heard someone rustling around by my back door over near where my bedroom is. I was still frozen. I didn't want to believe that someone could actually be by my bedroom window. For clarification though, the area by my window, it's attached to a common area yard for all of the residents. It's directly off the sidewalk of a relatively busy area, so it isn't completely uncommon to have someone in the yard, but it is certainly uncommon to have someone directly up against your porch and the windows. I had heard something loud happen in my bedroom. I grabbed my pepper spray and cautiously approached the room. No one broke in, but something still seemed really off. After a while, I hadn't seen this person anywhere, so eventually I went back to bed. In the morning, I came out for a smoke and I saw that my bedroom window screen had been ripped off. It was all bent out of shape and definitely didn't look like it just randomly fell off and I knew exactly what had happened at that point. That guy ripped off the screen and tried to get in through the bedroom window. Thankfully, it was locked and I have window jammers, so there was no way that he was going to get in. This obviously frightened me a lot, but there really wasn't much that I could do at this point. Anyway, a few weeks later, someone tried to open my front door in the middle of the day. No knocks, no nothing. I just heard my door clearly trying to be opened. I quickly shot up and ran to the peephole to see a man dressed all in black, hood up with black sunglasses on. He tried the door a couple more times and pushed against it really hard. I was trying to think of something intimidating to say or something to get him to stop. My brain decided that it was a great idea to just hit my door. And surprisingly, it worked though. So I slapped the back of my door really hard and the guy jumped up three feet and just ran away. Now here is where I think things get just really bizarre. So I googled my address and everything online for my current residence, still this David Jones and the active resident and I 100% think that that guy saw me a young female all alone and googled my address and was trying to get my trust into opening this door. I think that after that didn't work he was still trying to get in and hence the bedroom window. Him coming back a few weeks later is very weird in my opinion. You would think that he would have either moved on to another target or perhaps would have been much more interested in getting in sooner. I definitely don't think that he knew David. I don't think he owed him money or was family or anything like that. So the timeline is really strange but maybe he already had other victims and... Just decided to try my place again? At any rate, his plan didn't work and he was gone. Literally, months go by. And then, someone knocks gently at the door around 9 pm one night. I got up to look, and what do you know? An individual covered in black head to toe with sunglasses on. I didn't answer or make any noise. He slowly turns the door handle and pushes on the door again, then takes a few steps back and walks to my neighbor's door. I heard him try theirs. My neighbor is a middle-aged man living alone. The door didn't open, and I see him walk up the stairs and can hear him trying yet another neighbor's door. This apartment has five people living in it, including a child. That door didn't open, and he tried the remaining door that didn't currently have anyone living in it failure yet again the whole situation was just really weird and creepy so that makes me think that maybe he didn't single me out as a vulnerable female because he just seems to be trying to get into anywhere that he can really i do think that it's rather strange though that my cats hate this guy i have never seen either of them hiss except for when this guy was at the door they always are clearly very frightened and are ready to fight which is majorly unlike either of them you honestly wouldn't even know that they have teeth or claws unless you have a cardboard box or a laser pointer or something they're just big sooks but with this guy they just completely change anyway back in early january our clad in black lad is back my brother who looks quite intimidating was over for a visit He heard someone try to open my door, he got up, opened the door to see this guy actively trying to open my middle-aged neighbor's door and this guy just ran for his life. My brother wasn't aware that this was an ongoing issue at the time and he just thought that it was weird and he wasn't about to try and run after this guy. Today though I was taking a nap at around 2pm and I hear an aggressive knock on my door. It pauses for a few moments and then picks back up. While this is happening, I heard my upstairs neighbors quickly close their windows. I was tired and figured that it was this same creep, so I didn't even bother looking. After a few minutes, I heard him knocking on my neighbor's door. After that failed, he went upstairs and knocked on the two doors up there for a bit. After a while, the knocking stopped and I heard my upstairs neighbors open their windows back up. I couldn't sleep anymore so I grabbed my smokes and I headed outside. I could hear my neighbors through their open window. The little girl was asking her mum who that guy was and why he keeps doing this. And I know of him bothering them at least twice but it could definitely be more than that. I have reported this to my landlord but she's absolutely no help and basically just tells me to not answer the door if I feel unsafe and to call the police if it escalates. The police don't have a quick enough response time to come out here when it's happening. I did call them before and I don't have much of a description for them to go off of. And they basically told me to not open the door if I feel unsafe and to call them if it escalates. And I mean, you would think that someone ripping my bedroom screen off would count as escalating, but I don't know. I guess not. This guy, though, has been bothering me for a little over a year now, and apparently my neighbors as well. It seems really weird for a criminal to do something like this, just keep trying to break into the same group of apartments over and over again. And I guess that I just have no idea what he could be after.
0: You can live out your master chef dreams.
2: or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
1: So the home that we lived in for over seven years had something I can only describe as demonic that didn't like my kids. When we first moved in, single mum of three, we constantly would see dark shadows float from one room to the next. We'd hear odd noises and always had our belongings misplaced, Mind you, this happened the first few years of living there. But as the years passed, we just became accustomed to such and tried to pay no mind to it. Fast forward though, and I met and married my husband. This guy was, was a non-believer of anything paranormal. Until it started messing with him. One evening, I woke up to my oldest daughter, 17 at the time, screaming murder from her bedroom. We all slept with our bedroom doors open, one story newer built home. I rushed to her room and turned on the light, only to see my husband, her stepdad, standing at the end of her bed. Motherly first instinct, I'm about to mess this guy up because he's messing with my daughter. She was crying so loud and shaking as I ran to her and hugged her. I screamed at my husband, but he just stood there, blank faced, staring at my daughter. I yelled at him, what did you do to her, and he suddenly snaps out of this trance, and my daughter calms down. She said that she woke up to him floating by the bed, that his head was close to the ceiling. My husband did not recall even waking, walking, or knowing anything that had occurred. Nonetheless, we all slept in the living room after this. A few weeks later, my daughter, same one, advised me that she couldn't sleep because the growling and scratching in the corner of her room was getting too much. That She would sleep in the living room until she moved out a year later, but whatever it was, ended up bothering my 11-year-old son as well. He would cry and say how it would growl in his ear, scratch by his bed and bang his window. He ended up in the living room as his sleeping headquarters or would sleep with his other sister too. Fast forward another year, our last week living there, we literally got our stuff and just moved out due to what happened next too, but my husband would go to work by 5am, therefore he would be up getting ready at about 3 in the morning. On this particular morning, he got up, went to shower, always would close the French doors between the room and the restroom to avoid waking me, and as he is showering, I'm woken up by all six windows in our room being knocked on. It literally sounded like someone or something was at the windows knocking. I jumped out of bed and ran to the restroom and told my husband someone was in our backyard. My husband, who was already dressed by this time, grabs his gun. We live in Texas, runs outside to check and found nothing. But as soon as we were in our room again, the windows were knocked on. Mind you, all at the same time and... My hubby runs out again and starts yelling thinking that somebody is messing with us, but there's nothing and no one was out there. He gives me some story about maybe it being the wind and hurries out the door since he was running late, but not even 30 minutes later as I'm laying in bed thinking about the windows, I hear a huge crash in the kitchen. I run out of my room to see what happened turned on all the lights it's an open concept home to see all of my pots and pans from the cabinets on the kitchen floor and in the living room i called my husband scared half to death at this point as i'm on the phone with him my son hauls his butt into the living room where i'm at and literally climbs on me burying his face in my shoulder he's stuttering and saying that Something grabbed him by the ankles and pulled him off of his bed. As he's telling me this, I can hear sounds coming from his room. I wake up my middle daughter, 15 at the time, as her room was adjacent to his. My husband is on the phone tells me to grab the gun, which I did, and both my kids are behind me as we walk towards my son's room. As we approach, we can hear as if someone is in the room either breaking in or flipping the room upside down. I yelled at whoever it was. I'm on the phone with the police and I've got a loaded gun. Mind you, the lights are off at this time. I get brave though and I flick the switch. Only for the noises to stop and the room look absolutely normal. I check the closet under the bed and confirm the windows are locked. But nobody was in there. My husband hangs up as he's clocking into work and me and the kids we just leave the house. We drove around until daylight looking for churches open that would provide us with something to help with this but after some talking with my husband that week we packed our stuff and we just left. My spouse and I met in our first year of college around 14 years ago. We spent a few weeks as acquaintances in a large group of friends and didn't really get to meet one another well until this event. For a little bit of backstory though, our group of friends used to love taking walks in the woods. Our campus was surrounded by forest. Unfortunately though, everyone had class or work during the day so we often waited until night when everyone was free to go for these walks. We were really comfortable in the woods at night. It just felt like a perfectly natural thing to do, really. Anyway, this particular night, which happened to be the night before Halloween, a bunch of our friends were dropping out for one reason or another. Homework, tired, tests. Eventually, the last one besides my future husband and I dropped out. But knowing that him and I didn't really know each other well, that last friend told us that we should go on the walk together anyways. It was a little bit awkward to say the least, but we were both friendly people, so we decided to be adventurous and make the best of it. So we headed out into the woods, just being acquaintances, and decided to walk down the path that would take us to a place called the altar site. It was named that way because it had a log kind of shaped like an altar where college students would often leave knickknacks and stuff like that. Unfortunately, though, in the dark, we really didn't know this path as well as we thought we did, and we realized pretty quickly that we were getting lost. We joked about having to spend the night out here, and I said, well, I hope you're not afraid of survival cuddling. After 45 minutes of walking in what seemed like circles, we started to realize that this might not be a joke. We then decided that we should just pick a line and start walking as straight as we could through the woods. We were hoping that this would get us out because we knew that the entire section of the woods was surrounded by roads or ocean and we would know what to do when we hit one or the other. It was pretty rough going though. We walked into trees, rivers, swamps and just kept going for like another hour or so until we stumbled out into what seemed like a larger part of the trail than what we had been on. At this point we started following the trail hoping that it was a main trail and we could use it to find our way out. I was really thrilled though, I remember jumping out onto it, smiling and saying, we're going to be okay, this is surely going to get us out. We followed it out into a small meadow where we unfortunately lost the sight of the trail again. But hoping that we would see it again in the woods on the other side, we walked across the meadow and entered the tree line on the other side only to realize that the trail had completely disappeared. We were about to turn around when we suddenly heard a loud and crisp scream in the woods nearby. It must have lasted like at least 10 seconds and felt super close. The sound could only be explained as like a a feral woman screaming murder. We stood there for a second, completely still, and then I asked... What was that? Future husband said, I don't know. And then I suggested that we head back into the meadow where we could kind of see things at least. So, we headed back into the meadow and just stood there for a few minutes, not sure what to do. We couldn't find the trail and something just screamed in the woods, so we weren't going back that way. And It was a dreadful feeling knowing that we weren't alone out here, but had no idea how to get away from it. But then, I heard a thick branch on the ground in the tree line near us snap, and a thick bushy tree near it started to shake like something was moving it. Right after that, there was a sudden scream again, and whatever it was, it was definitely right under that tree near us. This scream lasted for what felt like at least 15 seconds, definitely longer than the first one, and I remember suddenly hugging this acquaintance that I was walking with out of fear. It was kind of awkward, I admit, I remember even apologizing right afterwards, but he told me years later that if he hadn't have been scared out of his wits, that that hug would have been more enjoyable. And that it was kind of nice having this girl latch onto him like her life depended on it. I honestly thought that it was about to be the last hug that I was ever going to get. At this point we were at a loss as what to do though and I remember turning and looking behind us and making out what looked like could be a trail curving around the bend. I guess we had missed it because we had walked into the meadow thinking that it was the trail. I pointed it out to him though and we got back to back and started heading up the new trail path. We had brought our terrible little flip phones with us, hoping to use them as flashlights. Stupid idea. But the brighter one had died earlier on the trails. Mine was still working though. Unfortunately, I really couldn't see anything with it though. So instead, I just started flipping it open and shutting it, hoping that it might scare whatever was out there. When we got about 20 paces up the trail, I started to hear a pattern of noises behind us. Since it was fall, the trail had leaves on it, but since it had gotten walked a lot during the day, the leaves in the center of the trail were flattened, but the leaves on the side were still pretty crunchy. And I kept hearing leaves on one side getting stepped on, then silence, and then leaves on the other side of the trail crunching. And although I could be wrong, it sounded like something was moving from side to side behind us on the trail. Maybe trying to get around my side of vision... I don't know, but that was when we heard it scream one more time. It was right behind us, and at this, we both started running. Stupid, I know, but it was just what we did. But as luck would have it, it was only about 20 more paces, and suddenly we were out of the woods and into a large meadow that, thankfully, we both recognized. We ran to the other side of the meadow and got to the paved road right near the campus. Thankfully, nothing followed us out of the woods, but we did hear this thing scream one more time from the tree line. We ran back to our dorm rooms promising to talk about what the heck happened in the morning because it was so late at night at this point that we were both just pumped with adrenaline from sheer terror and I think we just wanted to get away and just have some alone time. I tried looking up what it could have been that night with my headphones on in the dark room while my roommate slept. I did have some woodland experience and so my first thought was that it sounded a bit like a screeching owl or something. Well, that's what I wanted it to be anyway. So I looked at all the screeching birds in the region but nothing was just quite right. They all sounded very screechy and bird-like but the edge of a human-like vocal just wasn't in anything that I found. In the end, I couldn't find anything and I just went to bed. We told our friends about it in the morning and it became a bit of an instant campus urban legend. People called it the Banshee in the Woods but some people wanted to make it into a documentary project. But it just stayed a local legend for a couple of years before eventually fading away with all the other noises of the campus life. Most of our friends had heard the story by that point so I was surprised when one friend of ours couldn't recall it. We told him the story and described the sounds in the best detail that we could. And he said, I know exactly what you heard, that's a cougar. Well, I looked it up and I don't know why I hadn't thought of it before, but I knew that cats could scream a bit like a woman, but I'd never heard it before, despite my woodland experience. Funnily enough, I did know from some of my tracker friends that cougars often follow five to six month long territory walks. So, I started keeping an ear out for cougar sightings and activity around the campus. Sure enough, I was able to track down people who had seen the cat about half a year after our encounter with no sightings in between. There were also some articles about sightings around a year after our incident. I found some people who had found a kill site on the campus around six months after that as well. And in the end, we could even track the cat's routine visits to the campus to line up very squarely with ours. We only lasted a couple more weeks as acquaintance friends, and I don't know if it was the experience in the woods or if it was just us, but we both desired more than friendship in the end. It wasn't a clean transition by any means. He had just come out of a relationship a few weeks before we met and was terrified that he was rebounding. We both took the winter slow and examined our thoughts though, and when we came back after the winter's new year, there was no doubt. It's been over 14 years now too and a few years ago at our wedding we told the story to our whole reception and surprisingly still had friends and family that hadn't heard it. We're both freelancers and spend most of each day together working creatively. We walked in those woods practically strangers and it sparked something that I never thought that I would find. Trauma surprisingly brought us together but it also had costs on my mental well-being, I guess. I started noticing it just a couple of months after the event that I was sometimes having panic attacks in the woods at night. Just the slightest noise I didn't recognize and I would be filled with dread. Almost paralyzed and begging those around me to get me out of the forest. For me, that has been a big cost. I grew up walking the woods at night and I would become so comfortable with it... To lose that as an adult felt, well, a little bit humiliating. I like to think that I've made progress over the last 14 years in pushing it back, but all it takes is the right conditions to bring that memory back. G'day mates, it's Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Bee Scared podcast. And please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening guys and I'll see you mates in the next one.